It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Letting go of the things that we hold uh, precious, that we treasure, is a cornerstone of strong and healthy Christianity. It's one that has been mostly deleted from the mindset today. And that's a sad commentary because so many people look at it as a negative thing when in right. actuality, it's a wonderful thing. It's Imagine if my life was a cylinder, a glass cylinder, and it was full of polluted water. And Jesus came to me and said, you know what, Eric, I love you. And I didn't create you to be filled with polluted water. I created you to be filled with living water. And then I'm like, okay, well, just dump it in. He goes, I can't mix. I can't mix with something that is filthy. Eric, I need you to repent. I need you to dump out that which is within you. It wouldn't be a negative. It would be a positive because what I'm getting is so much more valuable. And that's what I want to talk about today with you, Dan. And uh, by the way, for those of you listening in via podcast, Dan McConaughey is in studio with me uh, today. And on Tuesday, he was in and we talked about nicknamed Shorty. We were talking about Paul the Apostle. And I sort of want Dan to springboard off of that and to go into this one, which is nicknamed Sacrifice. This is the outflow of my Sunday sermon, which is called The Brilliance of Weakness. And so if you haven't heard that, I would highly encourage you to to grab that. You could could either go to ellersley.com forward slash daily or just go to my sermons uh, and or you could get my sermon podcast, uh, which is another uh, secret means of accessing it. But uh, Dan, one of the things we talked about on Sunday was the the brilliance of weakness. It's its actually something God has leveraged and he leverages in the current uh, sense too, the modern day sense in us, not just in the old timey people of the Bible, but in us to produce a great strength if we embrace it. Can you give the Paul understanding of this, the Pauline mindset towards the letting go in order to gain more? I think that probably Philippians three, about verse four through eight there, where Paul says, hey, I've got a lot to boast about if I, if I needed to. Mm-hmm. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews, of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised the eighth day, um, a Pharisee. Uh, he just had all of these things. To yeah. me, the, the biggest thing that that he talks about there that's just sort of amazing is that he says, with reference to the righteousness according to the law, I'm blameless. And in all the extant literature, we don't have anybody saying, no, he's not. No, I know this flaw in his life. He had it all. There wasn't a thing that he didn't have that was propelling him on his way to probably being one of the youngest um, of the top Pharisees yeah. in history. And you think about that. And yet it says, he says, I count all of that as loss, yeah. as a pile of dung, he called it. Yeah. Which is a pretty low in a statement. He's putting yeah. it pretty low. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the amazing thing to me then is he says, and I did it for one reason, that I might know him. Yeah. And so the value that we're looking for, if we are looking for um, success or um, identification or anything else that 
relates to our significance. Those things are the very things that we have to give up because our only significance comes from the life of Christ in the soul of man. And so we look at Paul and he says, not only did I count that past stuff as loss, and that's easy to do. I look back on my, over the years, you know, and I can say, yeah, my years in the military, I can count that as loss. It doesn't bother me now if I don't have that. I can't, can't do anything about it, you know. Yeah. It's easy to look at that. Yeah. And then he says, and now, present tense, I do count all things as loss. Well, yeah. that's a bit more expensive. Yeah. But then we get to this place, the next phrase he says, for the sake of Jesus, for whom I have suffered the loss yeah. of all things. And we talked about that in, in one of the meetings that we had um, just the short time before with the men, being the difference between wanting and being willing. And yeah. I say there's a third one, being willing and doing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Because there's a lot of people who are willing. I even hear people say, Lord, make me willing to be willing. Yeah, yeah. But it's not until we do it. And yeah. it's not until Paul suffered the loss yeah. of all things that he was able to know Jesus. Yeah. And so many of us, you know, we we esteem the scripture and it's like, oh, that's just so neat. But we don't see the value of what Paul is going after, you know, to know Christ, to win Christ. Why, why is that mm-hmm. so so important? And it doesn't sound, I think, to many people's natural minds as if it's worth it. Because you yeah. see, and the reason I can say that with rather, you know, a significant amount of confidence is that many of us drag our heels. Mm-hmm. And if we knew that, okay, I'll take your $1 and I'll give you a million, well, then we would easily trade in our $1 because that's all we have. We have pebbles. I, I usually liken it to a handful of pebbles that we have. And God's saying, could you give up your pebbles? We're like, God, why are you asking for so much? These are my pebbles. But to us, our pebbles are valuable. But in the overall mm-hmm. schematic of things where God says, I'll tell you what's valuable, that's not. What you can get if you would let that go, is of significant value. It's like train cars full of jewels comparatively, but to receive it, you have to let go. Mm-hmm. So this idea of sacrifice is cornerstone to the growth and development of the strong Christian life, mm-hmm. but it's also, it touches on that place of control and holding on. And so one of the great pictures of this in the Old Testament that we addressed on Sunday is Elijah and the widow at Zarephath, Mm -hmm. where Elijah commands a widow woman uh, in Zarephath to sustain him. It's actually a rather humorous uh, thought to think that out of all the things, he was sustained supernaturally at a brook with a raven feeding him, and now a widow woman? I mean, that's the worst possible choice, God. A widow doesn't have the sustenance to feed him. In fact, all this widow woman has is probably, my guess, is one little cup of water, Uh, a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil left. She's about to prepare this flour and oil into a little cake. Her son and her are going to eat it and die. And then Elijah shows up and says, I would like that final cake. Feed me first. Now there's the principle there that you see is it sounds like it's too great of a, a cost. And we would call it sacrifice. Are you willing, O widow, to give up the little you have to the prophet Elijah, who is sent to you by God, and God has commanded you to sustain him. But what's the widow woman thinking? Well, then I would have nothing left. 
Are you sure about that? Because Elijah says, you feed me first and your flour will never run out and your oil will never run out as long as there is no rain in Israel. That's an incredible statement, which is, I would say, the parallel with our lives. Hey, Eric and Dan, if you're willing to give up the little you have, which to us doesn't seem like a little. I mean, this is a lot. This is very expensive, what he's asking for. And yet if we would trust him at that very basic level of faith in our life to say, I believe that my God means what he says, then we will find that our flour and our oil will not run out or the grace will never run out for us. It'll always be sufficient for our challenge. I think one of the things that that comes out in this, you think of Elijah Mm -hmm. saying that and you think, man, what kind of guy was he to command her to to do that? Well, he was a man who had already lived it in his own life. That's right. The only reason that God could trust him to do it with the right heart was because he'd already left everything. That's good. That's a great statement, Dan. And you know what we're going to see at Mount Carmel when right before the rain returns because yeah. in in this widow's life she's lacking water, oil and flour. But God's going to supernaturally supply for her when she sacrifices unto God first. Well, then in a nation or at a national level, they're out of water. And Elijah gets to the top of Mount Carmel, builds his little altar, you know, kills a bull and, you know, spreads it out on the altar, builds a trench around it and says, "Okay, guys, I want all the nation's water. That's basically what he's asking for. It's like he's going to pour barrels and barrels and barrels upon this altar. He's giving it to God first. It's like, you want rain? You pour out the little you have of water right now on this altar, and then God will bring the abundance of rain, which he does. And that's an amazing statement for all of us, because what we see is this template in Scripture. Abraham and Isaac, of course, is probably the most famous in the Old Testament. <clears throat> of God saying, you know what? I'm going to bless your seed. <laughs> the descendants that you're going to have are going to be like sands of the seashore, stars in the heavens. And, and Abraham's like, oh, what a what a neat statement yeah, that how, is. How cool. However, if you want that, <laughs> I want your son first. Yeah. Well, that sounds so counterintuitive. God, I need my son for this to happen, though. Which is why in the New Testament it says, well, God or Abraham believed that God could bring Isaac from the dead because right. it's the only logical solution. But he said yes. And as a result, even we would be, in a sense, grafted as descendants of Abraham. Mm-hmm. We're ones that believe. And like that, we believed. Like the widow, we need to believe. Like the nation of Israel, or I don't want to say like Ahab, who gave up the last <laughs> bit of water. But we need <clears throat> to be willing to let go and to sacrifice mm-hmm. in order to gain. Any more thoughts on that uh, front, Dan, uh, scripturally that you'd like to draw out? I, I think it goes back a lot to the, what we talked about maybe earlier mm-hmm. um, with the issue of significance yeah. that Paul and Elijah and many other, Abraham, they're significant. They themselves, they recognized were insignificant, yeah. not worth saving. Yeah. And it wasn't until they forsook trying to gain significance from their own identity mm-hmm. were they able to even have a, uh, an opportunity to experience a successful God. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it, I, I think it was before we came in. You and I have met twice uh, this week for Daily Thunder, so I can mix it all up. But we talked about the fact that uh, 
many of us, well, all of us have to be brought to the same place, Mm -hmm. which is we want to, if at all possible, bring an offering to God, which shows that we are worthy. It's like, oh, we've done a great work. Look at that work that Eric did. Oh, look at what Dan accomplished over here. And then God will be like, that is so impressive. And so we want to do something for God. But we can do things. We compare with other people. It's like, yeah, you know, my work's pretty looking pretty good. And then ultimately God has to bring us to the cross and say, now, mm-hmm. how does your work look next to this? Because we can't save the world. Our, our work stinks next to what he has done. His work yeah. needs to be where we start. But oftentimes we start and we have to be worked by the Holy Spirit all the way to the cross. We finally realize my work doesn't save. My work is totally unimpressive. And that therefore we can consider it dung. It doesn't actually matter. My, or my identity needs to be in what he has done, not in what I have done. My trust needs to be in what he has done, not in what I have done. And so I think it was either on Tuesday or it was in our in-between time that you said, that's where we need to start. We need to start at the foot of the cross and give up all that we have done, all that we are. And we need to cling to all that he has done and all that he is, and then build our life from there. And that's how the Holy Spirit can truly change the world. It's when we try and do it our way, which is, of course, what Jesus says. I mean, Jesus makes that statement. Could you sort of close off this session just by giving us, rehearsing some statements from Christ in regards to laying it all down so that you can live? Well, the cost of discipleship is something that I think we fail to take into consideration. And Jesus made it so clear. He says, unless you forsake all, you cannot be my disciple. Yeah. He says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take his cross daily, and follow me. Um, Just just a consistency there. And even in the book of Hebrews, where it says that um, we're supposed to have this so great salvation, how shall we we survive if we neglect this great salvation? Well, the only way we recognize a great salvation is by recognizing how bad our sin really is. And if Scripture is true that whatever is not of faith is sin, that covers a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) And and I think that's why Paul and Elijah and Abraham and the rest of them, they recognized how lacking they actually were. And how great God actually was. Amen. Amen. And so among the things that we do give up, it's all the junk. Amen. Well, you know, this whole week is an outflow of Sunday's sermon. We've been sort of naming each one of the episodes something like nickname crazy was Monday, nickname shorty was Tuesday, and so on. Today's nickname sacrifice. You know, a nickname comes in and through your behavior or Mm -hmm. in and through like Tuesday's nickname, Shorty. You know, Paul was, it's almost like the right way of describing it. That's what his name Paul even means, sort of Shorty. And that sounds like a negative until you start embracing it. And, you know, we, we all need to, and this is how I'd like to finish, we all need to just ask the question, could we be rightfully nicknamed sacrifice? In other words, is that a... Is that a truth about our Mm. life? Have we been willing to lay down that which even we could boast in, that which even could be deemed a positive, but in light of Christ's work, it's nothing. We need what he has done, and that is our great salvation. Amen.
Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.